You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Yesterday, we shared with everyone that Justin Hall is going to be a scratch today. Connor Timmins in the lineup tonight. There's been a lot of changes, a uh, little shuffling of the deck, if you will. And, I mean, after a, a tough loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, Keith's going to do something. Like, he ripped into his group the other night. So this is another little wake-up call. Like, let's go. Let's get something going. Um, I was a little surprised, like, like, just seeing Matthews and Nylander together and then Tavares and Marner, I just... I don't know why I assumed that maybe when Matthews comes back, he would just reunite with Marner and away they go. Yeah. So it kind of, I don't say it was jarring, but it, it kind of, you know, ra- raised an eyebrow a little bit. And I was like, oh, they're going to remain apart still. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit, like when he was injured um, and just seeing like Matthews or, or seeing Marner and Tavares and how well they work together and Nylander being able to drive a line on his own. The more I think about it, the more that I actually do, I think I actually like, it's not that I like Matthews and Marner apart. I like Tavares and Nylander apart. Okay. I, I think that's where I'm, I've got to, just because I think that Marner compliments Tavares a lot more than Nylander can. Like those are two guys that, that you look to as like scorers and, and Marner I think is a good setup man. And then we've seen Matthews and Nylander feed off each other really well this season. So I kind of am starting to lean that this might have the looks of what we could see game one of the playoffs. Like I, I, I almost feel as though Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Marner is the new combinations that may be best suited for this team to find success. Does it tie into the fact that you think this deployment with Matthews and Marner separated makes them a little bit deeper? Well, it makes them deeper, but I just think that it overall, I think they complement each other well right. the other way, right? It totally makes them deeper. And even, you know, Kerfoot's moved up to the second line as well tonight, so he'll get a chance. But what that does, that moves Yarncroft down to the third line, and hopefully that gives them a little bit of, of punch and gives them maybe a tiny bit more offense. Like, they haven't had a chance to play together much, though that trio of Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroft. But the way that I read into this is, you know, there's there's 30 or so games left in the season, right? Like, yeah. I think this is, we're getting to a point, maybe like 28, I think 28 games, I want to say. We're getting to a point now where you got to figure out what your lineup's going to look like. And if, like, coming into the year, I think we fully expected that Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroft was going to be this team's, you know, shut down third line. And they haven't had a chance to really do that with Yarncroft moving up to the second line. And it's been a big rotation of, like, you know, the dudes have really rotated recently with McMahon and Anderson has been on that line. Kerfoot spent some time there. You know, so they've really just kind of rotated a bunch of guys. But it's it's getting down to the time where we got to figure things out here. So I kind of do like, uh, I look at it now with the three lineups that we see coming into tonight's game. Yeah, Bunting, Matthews, and Nylander, quality line. Kerfoot, Tavares, and Marner would like an up, you know, a little upgrade on Kerfoot. But we've seen that line have some success. Yep. And then Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroft, I look at this as like, okay, this is a, a, a solid top nine, right? Like there's a good top nine, a good mix here. And um, going up against Chicago tonight, they should be able to feast. Like ultimately, this should be a point night for the 
Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know we looked at the record against the bottom seven teams coming off of the weekend. Hilarious. It was like four wins and 11 tries against bottom seven teams. But you got to think that coming off that loss to Columbus on Saturday night, this team has to come out on fire, right? Yeah. Matthews returning. That should give them a nice little jolt. The Blackhawks are coming off the, a back-to-back. They lost last night in Montreal. So the, the Maple Leafs tonight, I feel like, need to they got to come out and they got to put up points and goals and win this game handily for it to be a success. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we were just examining the Engvall-Camp-Yarncroc line. Mm. The fact that Kerfoot has moved up to the second line tonight with Tavares and, and Marner, as was that's how that's kind of how it was in the play. Kerfoot was on the second line in the playoffs last year, wasn't he? Yeah, like he's a guy like that. I think that's what Kerfoot brings to the team, though. Like he's just a Swiss Army knife, and he can, you can name. play him wherever like, that's you how want. Sheldon Keith refers to yeah, exactly, and I think that he does bring value to this team in that regard. Like people are so quick to trade Kerfoot in every single trade proposal that's out there. Yeah, there is an inherent value to him being. Um, not a well, he's not like a trump card, but he's he's a fix all. If you have a hole of, in your roster, you can put him there, and it's not like he's going to kill you. He's not going to dominate, but he's going to be fine there. Jack of all trades, master of none type of guy. Yeah. Like he's not the best option in not any scenario that he's in, but he's an option nonetheless. That Sheldon Keith clearly, at least. He knows what he's going to get out of Kerfoot. It's not right? going to hurt you, probably. No, it's not going to hurt you, but I think it could be better. Like right. realistically, I, I, I mean, Kerfoot's a guy who. He's he's I think he has what one goal in his last eighteen I think I was looking at it like he's he's not providing a whole lot of offense right now so if he goes up and he plays with Marner and and Tavares he's going to be expected to help produce and get some offense going and I think Sheldon Keith he spoke this morning I believe he said he'd liked some signs of what Kerfoot has been doing he's been playing in the top six with 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 Matthews out so keeping him there and giving him an opportunity to get some minutes and maybe we can see the production start to to come if he's playing with some top end players but ultimately like when you look at this in the playoffs like they they just need an upgrade there yeah it they doesn't do look overly upgrade. cute when you think about it that way overly you cute. just put <laughs> someone else in Kerfoot's spot and move everybody down one spot it looks a lot better. It looks a lot more promising. Well, so when I look at this lineup right now, I almost look at it as Kerfoot right now is almost a placeholder right? for whichever player that they plan on trading for at the deadline. Whether it's a Timo Meyer, whether it's an Ivan Barbashev, like whatever it may be, I think they're putting Kerfoot there for now so that they can build that chemistry of that third line, Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroft, knowing that that's probably going to be our third line and then we know that the dudes are going to come in and out on the fourth line. Kerfoot, whether he's involved in a trade to make that happen for that upgrade at the second uh, on the second line, or he could be involved as a fourth line piece also, which I, I think he's done well at. Like you're not going to get a whole lot of production out of him in that in that regard, playing fourth line minutes. But at least it does build out that depth, and you do have somebody who might be able to bring you offense. And the guy's a gamer in the playoffs. That like that's something that doesn't get brought up that's with Kerfoot true. a lot. Like he's somebody you look at it over the course of the last three postseasons, he's showed up in 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 most of those games. Like him and William Nylander have probably been the most consistent playoff performers, I would say, at the forward position yeah, over fair. the last few seasons. So you know there is some value to to Kerfoot, but again, there'd be more value to me if he was a third, fourth liner as opposed to being a top six man who's expected to provide. You know, that secondary offense. I think he's more of a tertiary piece for this team. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's how the Leafs feel, and I think that's how uh, 
that's the vibe that we're getting off the fan base right now and wanting an upgrade at that spot specifically. So we'll have to stay tuned there to see how that all shakes out. But in terms of the blue line tonight, AB, I mentioned it off the top, so it'll shake out with Riley Brody as the top pairing, Geo and Lilligren as the second pair, Sandine Timmons the third pairing, Justin Hall notably a scratch. And Sheldon Keefe talked about it yesterday, his his decision to ultimately scratch Justin Hall. And he, he didn't speak to, we know that Justin Hall hasn't been overly good lately. You pulled out the stats from uh, the last 20-game stretch. But, but this is what Sheldon Keefe had to say about ultimately making that decision. I've talked to Justin at different times, and I felt this, his game at times has been tremendous and has helped us through some real tough times with injuries, and he's been a real constant for us on defense in terms of his contributions. But at times it's also slipped, and, and to me the other night was one of those nights. And when you're looking to get a young guy like Timmons in and you want to keep him going, you're looking for someone to take out, so don't give me a reason. Don't give Sheldon a reason. Uh, he certainly gave him a reason against Columbus <laughs> to take him out of the lineup, that's for sure. Like he was, what, a dash three that night? And like I looked it up yesterday, he's been on the ice for 23 goals in the last 20 games. So, you know, when Sheldon Keith says he's been tremendous at times this season, yeah, I would say that's somewhat a fair comment to make. If you look back at November when he and Giordano really had to step up when Morgan Riley and TJ Brody went down, they had to take on a bulk of those those heavy, heavy minutes. And they did a pretty good job keeping the team afloat. But if you look at it since Christmas and since the New Year in the last 20-game stretch, his play's really fallen off, both of those guys. Like I said, they've been in the bottom 10 in the league amongst all defensive pairs when it, when it comes to allowing... Um, goals at five on five. They've been on the ice for a lot of them, a lot of pucks that's being fished out of the net with those two on the ice, and, and in particular, more so Justin Hall. So, you know, I think that this is a good t- a good opportunity, I guess, for him to um, just sit up at the press box and, and clear his head and, and get a little reset. Like that's what we talked about with Noodles yesterday. Yeah, you know, just get a reset. I think it happened earlier this season, and coming off of that, he played a lot better. So, I think this is an opportunity now just for. You know, maybe give him a little bit of a jolt because, like, let's face it, unless they do upgrade that spot, the right shot defenseman, and a shutdown type of right shot guy, they're going to lean on him in the playoffs to play some pretty yeah, like, significant how minutes. How does that make you feel? How, how important is it that he figures it out here, in, in your opinion? Well, I think it's, depending on what happens at the deadline, very important. If they right. don't upgrade the right side, and he is... One of your options, I guess Lilligren is going to get an opportunity now, like he's on the second pair with Gio tonight, and we'll see what he can do. I imagine he'll get a stretch run even when Hall comes back into the lineup. I would presume that he'll come in as a third pair with Sandine, and Gio and Lilligren can get a run to see what they can do as a second pair unit. But ultimately, like he, if he's your next best option as a shutdown right shot defenseman, he's got to play a lot better. Like yeah. So unless they make an upgrade at the deadline, you don't feel great about it. No. Like, you don't. Like, you know there's a good player in there. That's the thing. It's not that it's frustrating. Yeah. But you know there's a good player in there because we've seen it. And he goes through just, these phases sometimes. Like, sometimes he just so, fights it. It's just stretches. Like, he just yeah. goes in stretches where he's a good player. And you start to think to yourself, okay, he's playing with confidence. He's got some suaveness to him. He's playing on the edge, a little bit of grit. Yeah. And then there'll be another 20-game stretch where it's like, this guy can't make a correct pass. He can't clear the, the zone. He can't box out a guy. He's afraid of his own shadow, and he's just making mistakes every night and fishing pucks out of the net, like like we've seen in the last couple of weeks, like we saw happen in Columbus. Like So it's it's really... Uh, he's such a Jekyll and Hyde type of player yeah. 
but do you really want that come playoff time? Don't you want somebody who you just have faith that can get the job done? Not well. What 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 hall are we going to get tonight? Right. right? Are we going to get November hall? Or are we going to get January February hall? Because if you get Jan Feb going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't feel that strongly and comfortable about it. But I don't feel terrible if you're getting November Hall, who was playing with some confidence and playing well and keeping pucks out of the net. So it just it, it all depends on what you're going to get. So if they do upgrade on that right side, like does he does he find himself in the press box in the playoffs? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, he's there's going to be a battle. Like Ultimately, Sandine, Lilligren, or Hall, which one do you feel most comfortable with in a playoff game? Today, well, see, the problem there is you're not. Are you going? Who are you going to play on the left side? Like ultimately, yeah. that that's the situation, right? Like Sandine, I would say who I feel most comfortable with. The answer is Lilligren. Me too. But I'm not going to play Sandine, especially playing with Giordano. <laughs> but I'm not going to play Sandine on that side. No. Right, like I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I've, I've been there before as on a third pair, sure, but as a, a top. You personally, board, like, you're like, no. I've tried that, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, like me, I'm playing NHL 23. Like yeah. I tried it, didn't work. Didn't That's like why, the no, the Leafs didn't win the Stanley Cup that year, so I'm probably not going to go in real life either. But no, like to, to get back to the question, I, I, I probably at this point feel most comfortable with Lilligren. I think Lily's played exceptional this season. His game has taken off to a point where he's being looked at as a potential top four guy, not only now but for the future. So he's going to get that look tonight against Chicago, albeit not a great team. So how much are you going to learn taking on this squad as opposed to, you know, if in a couple of weeks is he going to get that opportunity when they play uh, like a Florida or a Tampa? They got Buffalo coming up. Or mm-hmm. Let's see what he does against a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. But, um, yeah, right now, Justin Hall uh, as my second pair defender on the right side, I don't feel too comfortable going into that with the playoffs. No, I don't. No, no. Uh, me neither. Okay, so Leafs, Blackhawks tonight. The other guy that we're getting a look at tonight is a guy that is a very hot topic around the NHL. Patrick Cade oh, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to go with Jake McCabe. Your guy, <laughs> Jake McCabe. Great hair. We learned yesterday in our Valentine's Day exercise that Jake McCabe has some yeah, excellent like hair. Brock yeah. Besser than Jake McCabe in terms of best hair in the NHL. It's gorgeous. That guy's got some salad, let me tell you. It's gorgeous. Uh, we're getting some texts right now. People, we, we haven't even mentioned Patrick Kane yet, but we're already getting um, contrarian texts. Some people say Kane is the last thing the Leafs need. They need size and grit and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And another one, I don't want Kane. Uh, I don't want Kane. We don't need a top six rate. So there's kind of conflicting opinions in this. I get it. I get Patrick it. Patrick Kane situation. I, I totally get it. Like, for me, I'm almost at the point where I think Patrick Kane will be a luxury add. Like that can't be your main pickup of the of the de- of the deadline. It right. just can't be. And you just don't know what's going on with that hip. How much he has left in the tank. Like he comes out and he says he's fine. But what's the medical saying? Right. Like the production's dropped off. And that's actually tonight watching this game, uh, getting to see him, you know, live in person or on the television. Like that's a guy who I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Like how does Patrick Kane look, especially if the Leafs are actually interested if he's interested in coming here like has been semi reported by our guy Carlo yesterday um how does he actually look can you tell if there's limitations or a drop off to his game like the old patty kane absolutely sign me up but are you getting Duh, that yeah. are you getting that that's the question so this is a traumatized fan base too we went through the nick felino thing and that's the was thing. so excited about that ad he probably would have been a great fit had he been healthy yeah 
but it's got the similar stench to it where it's like, this could work out. It's almost like a boomer bust, right? Like if this works, it's going to work for this team. But if it doesn't and he, he just can't give you what you're expecting and if they give up a, a big asset or pieces to do it, it's not going to look favorably in the offseason if it's another first-round exit. It's just not. So Da-na-na-na. We'll see. I mean, I am excited to, to watch him tonight, though. Like him and, and oh, Austin yeah, Matthews, stoked. they always go toe-to-toe whenever they're playing. Matthews wakes up for these games, oh, too. Oh, I, I I'm curious as to whether it's a full coincidence he's coming back tonight or not. I don't think it is. No. We could chat about that uh, in a little bit, too. Uh, Liam McHugh, NHL on TNT host, going to join us on the other side. Ben Pope from Chicago also going to join us as well. And uh, Josh Cloak of The Athletic. Fun pack show for today. It's uh, Leafs and Chicago tonight at 7 p.m. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Today, it's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit LeafsBusters.com. Welcome into Leafs Lunch. Julia Tasheri and Mike DiStefano with you. It's the Leafs and the Blackhawks tonight. It's here in Toronto, and the game will also be on NHL on TNT. We've got Liam McHugh on the phone, host of the program, and we are jazzed to have him. Liam, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Okay, so I was giving you the Twitter creep before we had you on this morning. Uh, a lot of buzz, Uh-oh. Patty Kane to the Leafs. <laughs> I, I can imagine it, it gets heated with Biz on the panel fully being a Leaf fan. Like, are you going to have a full segment tonight planning the route, planning the just logistics of the of the parade? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Biz is down to, like, details of, like, float design, uh, you know, how much body and face paint it's going to require for him to last the entire parade. Uh, I fully expect him to show up in, like, just Leafs gear, like, helmet, pad, skates tonight on set. He is, like, he's so fired up for this. Just the, the idea, the possibility that uh, – Patrick Kane could join this team. Um, and, and honestly, listen, it, 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 they're a long shot right now, but the fact that, like, maybe there's a chance, maybe they're in the mix, uh, it makes, it, makes it, it exciting. And I really go back to that, like, 2018 game, right, the, the dueling goals between the two of them and sharing the celebrations. So and, good. you know, I think from an American point of view, I mean, it, it's such a cool thing for the possibility that yeah. arguably the two greatest American players of all time – could unite and could maybe end this drought and get the Leafs into that second round. Well, what do you think Patrick Kane has left in the tank? There's been a lot of discourse around that hip injury. He came out last week saying, no, I'm good. I feel you know, better than I did a year ago, but who knows exactly what that means. The medicals might say otherwise. But how much do you think, like what left could he bring to this team? Could he be the missing ingredient to help this team over the hump? Yeah, it's funny because what he brings to the team, the team has a lot of. Yeah. Right? Which is just like, and that's that's sort of the odd thing. Because like, he brings like high-end slick skill. And I still think that's there. That That's not gone. He's playing on a team that uh, desperately would like to not win games. And it, <laughs> it's got to be miserable for a guy who's won three cups and is used to being showtime. Uh, I also think he's that type of player where... Like, you put him in a big environment where it's crazy and uh, the lights are shining and all the spotlight is on him and other players and there's pressure, and he's the guy you want there. 
more than anything, you know, he brings that sort of cool and calm and this idea that, Hey, is the moment big? Great. Cause I'm going to be bigger than the moment. So that attitude alone is going to help you put him on a power play. I mean, listen, he's not going to bring you a lot of defense. You know, I think we yeah. all know that he's not going to change his game. Uh, but I, I think outside of the high end skill, what he really brings is just this idea that like, Hey, I've been there. I've been in these spots. Just go out and play play the way you can play, figure out a way to win these games. Uh, and, and to me, that alone is priceless. So when you were thinking originally about landing spots for Patrick Kane, did you have Leafs on the mind? Like, what are the teams that initially stood out to you as, as landing spots for him? No, I mean, listen, I, I grew up in New York. I still live in New York now. So, uh, And everyone who grew up around New York thinks that, you know, the whole world revolves around that city. Yeah, so we have that complex, house. too. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, you know. So it's, all, like, automatic. Like, why would he not come here? Why would he, like, he'll force a trade. He'll make this happen. Right. Uh, and so it, it was interesting to hear his comments afterward because he he's obviously been relatively silent on the subject, um, you know, in terms of, like, he'd never really come out and said, move me. Uh, but he was disappointed when the Tarasenko deal went down. So I, I, I think the Rangers made sense. Uh, and then I look around and, I mean, I don't know, Carolina, but they probably like a center. Minnesota, which I don't think he'd go to anyway, but they'd probably like a center. Dallas makes sense, but the one now that stands out because it fits their whole vibe oh, is Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Right? totally. Oh, I mean, come <laughs> on. Like, the guy's nickname is Showtime. I know. Yeah. This, is, this is the team that rolls the dice, literally. They're like, hey, we're Vegas. We're just gambling every year. <laughs> Let's let's go. Let's see what happens. I mean, it fits so beautifully. Now, I don't know if he'd go there because I, I think, listen, I think the biggest thing for him right now is can we win a title? And I don't know if he looks at Vegas and sees that that team can win a title. But, my God, if it's if it's not Toronto at this point, uh, please let it be Vegas uh, just to give us something else to be excited and something we can talk about. And, honestly, I, I think I love fans of the other franchises hate watching Vegas yep. because deep down inside they're like, Oh, I wish my team did that every year. <laughs> yeah. You know, went for it. So uh just for that pure uh animosity between fan bases. Yeah. Have. Yeah. I mean that's that's another team to watch just in general at the trade deadline. Like they have space now with Mark Stone being on IR. So there's there's a move to be made and we'll see if Patty Kane is that move there. Uh we're chatting with Liam McHugh, NHL on TNT host Liam, how stoked uh were the people at TNT when it was confirmed this morning that Austin Matthews was declared good to go and will be in tonight's game. Oh, I mean, thank God. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, we've, I love the Leafs regardless. I mean, we've had uh, Mitch Marner on the show a bunch of times, and the guy's got a great personality. And, uh, you know, the plan tonight is actually to talk to uh, Willie Nylander, and that's going to be very cool because wow. we, have Henrik Lund- we have Henrik Lundqvist on the show, and Lundqvist played with his father. Um, and, you know, remembers playing street hockey with Willie Nylander when Nylander was like nine years old. So, you know, we're looking to go back and, uh, you know, sort of dig up as many embarrassing stories about the two of them as is humanly possible because of nice. kind of what we do on the show. And then there's a hockey game eventually. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but just from like a viewer standpoint, um, and just the idea again, that we can have this, this sort of bridge between Kane and Matthews, uh, and just because I want to watch Matthews play, like, I, I you know, as a, as someone with uh, no skin in the game, you know, I, I want to watch the best guys out there compete. And I want to see a guy who's going to be amped up because he hasn't played in a while on the ice. 
And now Tampa Bay's made things interesting, right? Yep. I mean, not that we don't think that they're going to play each other, but I mean, Tampa Bay is on a run now and, and people want to see the Leafs respond and they want to see Matthews lead that. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't, I mean, honestly, from a Leafs perspective, you would assume and at least hope that the game is not that competitive because uh, <laughs> you, you are far better than that other team that again is not trying to win games. So, uh, Listen, I, and I say that with, like, tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, the players are trying to win games. But, like, you know, this Leafs team right now uh, is stacked, needs to start turning it on. Matthews is healthy again. Uh, and now the big question is, do they do something? And, you know, is the goaltending good enough? What, uh, where have I heard those stories? <laughs> I don't know, are we just... Yeah, this, this this whole season has just been wash, rinse, repeat. I feel uh, it's it's really feels like Groundhog Day from last year every single season. But um, you know, you, you talk about Austin Matthews being healthy and getting back for this game. I, I think that there's even a little bit extra motivation. Like he always plays Chicago really well. He's got 17 points in 10 games mm-hmm. against the Blackhawks. We all remember that one crazy game where they were doing the Hulk Hogan, you know, to each other with him <laughs> and Patty Kane. Like how much? motivation do you think Matthews gets playing against who is one of his, you know, childhood idols in Patrick Kane? I think you, these guys always know who they're on the ice with, uh, regardless of they're like, Oh, it's another game. It's a long season. No, like they absolutely know. And uh, especially if you're a kid who, you know, you had posters of these guys on your wall and you're, you know, you looked up to these players and, you know, I, I did the draft for many years and it's fun now to see guys come into their own and be superstars in this league and then go back and be like, ah, oh, I remember when they were 18 they're like, oh, you know, I, I want to model my game after this guy. And for like a decade straight, every player was like, I, I want to be the next Patrick Kane. And, uh, you know, especially if you're an American player, like that was the mold because not only was Patrick Kane winning championships, but what he was doing on the ice was, was cool. And I always say in America, the, the best test for a player and like star power uh, in terms of skill is if you are, a, you know, just a sports fan, but maybe a casual hockey fan and you flip the TV on and within like a minute, you're like, whoa, that guy's different. That guy is doing things other people cannot do. And it's obvious. And that's what Kane had. And the cool thing about Austin Matthews is that he came into the league with a lot of hype, great story, uh, and immediately was that guy. Uh, and he's embraced that. So, I, I don't know. I, I think these guys really get up for it. I don't know how much you get up for the Blackhawks these days, uh, but I think you get up uh, for the possibility of playing against you know one of your idols, definitely. Yeah, that's Liam McHugh, NHL on TNT host. You said you did the draft for many years, and, and we're just talking about the Blackhawks, and it got me thinking. Uh, Connor Bedard is a guy who, who kind of models his game after Patrick Kane a little bit. He tapes his stick like him. He copied the Selly at the World Juniors. H- have you given any thought to the Bedard Bowl? It's always more fun when the original six teams are, are good. Have you given any thought to where you'd like to see him potentially go? Um, you know, part of me wants to see uh, it, it happen for Chicago just to see the reaction from every other fan base that's not the Blackhawks. Right. Um, because it's you know, it would be a disaster in many ways, but uh, it could be fun. I, I look at a few of the other teams out there, and, I mean, obviously Columbus having a dreadful season, and Columbus is the type of team that if they get Bedard, and Bedard is one of those instant impact type guys, oh. you know, closer to the Matthews and McDavid, which is, you know, an amazing thing to even consider, uh, rather than, say, like a Jack Hughes that took a couple of years, then Columbus could be good next year. I mean, they could be a team competing for the playoffs. On the other side of things, I look at Chicago, then I look down at Anaheim. Anaheim is young, and they are fun. And you had another young, exciting player and one who really has this drive to win. 
and, and, and I'd say selfishly, like American TV to have like one of those young, fun teams be out on the West Coast in California. Uh, it would be a great, great thing to see him, you know, out there with Zegris making a little bit of magic. So uh, I'm excited about those prospects. But uh, otherwise than that, I mean, you're going to have a lot of teams who are just <laughs> like so nervous on draft lottery night. Oh, and, and I love I love the panning to each person who's representing the team <laughs> and just like the awkwardness and the poker face that they're trying to have of like, I'm not nervous at all. Whatever happens is totally cool. And you know, deep down inside, they're just dying. Like, please God, give it to me. So, uh, and this, this year will ratchet that up a few notches. Oh, let's be honest. Like we all know that Gary's going to, Fix the lottery. Oh, it's gonna God. end up in Arizona. Anything but that. Like it's gonna happen. You're gonna fix it. There's gonna be like an ice ball or something, and there's gonna be the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> and Connor Bedard's gonna be playing for five thousand people inside Mullet Arena. We all know it's gonna happen. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, and then the rumors will start that you know uh, Matthews will be heading home and oh, wants yeah. to play with the guard. <laughs> and yeah, you're already planning for that. Yeah, business well, planning for the parade. You guys are planning for that. That's that's not <laughs> something that hasn't been talked about. I'll tell you that over the course of the season. Um, I'm curious though, Liam, as uh, as as an outside observer of uh, the NHL, you can look at it from more of a broad broader landscape, I suppose. Like to you, how close? is Toronto to competing for a Stanley Cup? Like, are they one move away, two moves away? Do you think that they're still another year? Are they there? Like, how do you look at the Maple Leafs and their prospects of being uh, a cup contender this season? I think as assembled, they could win a cup. I I would say that. Like, and there are teams I don't feel that about. Uh, But, you know, I think there are probably several. I mean, in the East alone, I think Boston's there. I think Tampa Bay's there. And I think Toronto's there. And I think the big thing with the Leafs is – they, to me, obviously, it's so much hinges on that first round. And you get past that first round, and I really do believe that a just an enormous weight gets removed. And now this team can play free and clear, and they don't play with pressure. Meanwhile, in the second round, the pressure potentially will be all on Boston. Uh, and I, I think they're good enough. I really do. Some questions about the goaltending. I'd like to have Matt Murray healthy because I think for this Leafs team as constructed, it's going to take two goalies to win, uh, and you're going to have to use both of them at some point. Uh, that being said, I could also see them losing in the first round, which to me means you you got to do something before the deadline. I just, if I'm a Leafs fan, I don't care about first-round picks. I don't care about prospects. I care about winning. I need to see it. I'm desperate to see it. Uh, make some magic happen with the salary cap. Trade picks. Trade a prospect. Make a splash. Get better. Because, uh, I, I don't know, when you get into a first round and you have Tampa Bay and they have Vasilevsky and that's, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Again, I could see the Leafs winning it, but I could see them losing. It feels like a coin flip. The one thing, I will say this. Uh, this battle for second and third, I don't think it's such a bad thing if Toronto finishes third. Why I really that? don't. Why is that? Because if you get a if you get a game seven and it's not at home, I think it's better. Oh, much, okay. You got to sell me on better. that because I am not I, not. I think the that pressure one. is ten times if they play it at home. Yeah, that's I an interesting thought. <sighs> I I think I like being away for that, and I don't like it for every team, but I love it for this team. 
think I think they are better off being on the road if you get through a game. So. I don't know. Against Tampa, though, like, Tampa at Amelie Arena is nearly impossible. You give them last change, Sorelli shuts down Matthews. It's, well, it feels like know. elimination oh. games in general are a bit impossible right That's now. So true. maybe a change of scenery yeah. would lend well to the Leafs. So we've got Liam McHugh on the phone, host of the NHL on TNT. And you're right in saying so much hinges on that first round, the sanity of an entire city. But I guess just ahead of the March 3rd trade deadline, what what's one storyline that really has you intrigued right now? Uh, the, the biggest one that has me intrigued is Eric Carlson. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, because we're seeing someone put up numbers that we haven't seen in decades. And, you know, a magical type player and a player that I remember when he was on the Senators and they made a run and they came, you know, within a hair of actually going to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, he was the player to watch in the playoffs. He, he was uh, price of admission. He was the guy who, like, every time he had the puck on his stick, you know, everyone was on the edge of their seats or standing and you know, knew something special was about to happen. And I think he's playing at that level right now. Uh, I, I think this, you know, the likelihood of being moved is, is slim just because of his contract. But just the fact that you keep hearing reports that the Oilers are still engaged in discussions or re-engaging in discussions. Um, and it's, it's hilarious, too, because, like, if they got him, they'd have, I think, the second, third, and fourth leading assist men in <laughs> the NHL. Yeah. Um, and I'd also like to like, scoring's not really their issue. You know, skill on the power play, not exactly their issue. Uh, so I don't, you know, he's, he becomes this, like, luxury item for this already souped-up vehicle. But just the idea, oh, my God, that you could, on the ice at the same time, have McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Carlson? Oh, I, I mean, it, it would be next level in terms of just like uh, aesthetically gorgeous hockey. So uh, I, I'm I'm really interested in that. Uh, more realistically, I would say uh, I just want to know where Timo Meyer is going to go. Yeah, um, I, I really do. I think he's he's built for the playoffs. He can score goals. He brings an edge. Uh, so to me, this Timo Meyer sweepstakes and the fact that listen, you know, you hear the Leafs in that as well. But every time you hear the Leafs, it's like, and maybe the Leafs. They're the first team on the list, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm excited to see where that ends, but my God, if, if we could somehow have, let's make this happen right here on the show. Let's have Patrick Kane go to the Leafs and then let's have Eric Carlson go to the Oilers. Oh, I like it. Let's just, the content, let's just have that happen. The content that would create for both yours and our network would be oh. insane. Yeah. Okay, wait. So you didn't mention Jacob Chikrin there. Are you one of the people? I, I'm in this boat, oh. I think. That's just like, oh, my God, I don't want to hear about this guy anymore. Get him traded. Get him on a plane and just get him moving. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny. Like, I, I'm at the point where it's like, are we, are we even going to bring it up? week to week because it's I know. just like or or do we just do it as like a joke where it's like well, that's for every I'm week thinking. for the rest of our lives <laughs> talk about, well, i wonder what's happening to jacob jerkin like uh i i know um and then even and i love the tease right like he's over the weekend they're like oh he's gonna be scratched you're like here we Ooh. go um no we're Nothing. just gonna wait now for a while uh, I, I, I'm enjoying, though, I'm enjoying the Jacob Chirkin, uh personal bye week. Not everyone gets <laughs> their own personal bye week in the NHL, so uh, he's got that going for him. Yeah, but, him uh, no, it, 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 Yes, exactly, him as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just get it done already, please. I'm with you. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm I don't with know. you. I just, it's just, it's, 
I think they called it, Darren Dreger say called it fatigue. It's deal fatigue when it comes to, to Jacob Trickin. Let's just get this guy in a bird into another city and get him back on the ice and playing some meaningful hockey for what would be probably like the first time in his career since he's been in, uh, in Arizona. So I <laughs> uh, really appreciate oh, wow. taking the time to, uh, to join us, Liam, uh, and uh, good luck and have fun on the call tonight. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. There he goes. Liam McHugh, NHL on TNT host. Uh, Leafs and Blackhawks on TNT tonight. Yeah, I bet you they were ecstatic when they found out that Matthews was coming back for this game. Oh, my gosh. Would it change the whole pregame lineup? They would have had to shift everything around. So someone, I, we got a very intriguing text. Um, oh, I lost it in my scroll. So uh, <laughs> Adrian, uh, Adriano tweeted at us, rather, and something Definitely I didn't think about it at bridge. all. Definitely from uh, the bridge. Absolutely. Talking about Kane, agrees with you that Kane would be, or agrees with Liam rather, that, or did you say this, that Kane would be a, a luxury ad? More yeah, so that was yeah. you. Uh, but pointed out the number 88. Apparently Kane has mentioned that he wants to wear 88 until he oh. retires. I haven't thought about that aspect at all. Honestly, if if that's one of the trade stipulations that Nylander has to give up 88, Another would you make jersey? it? Do you make it? I don't, I'm sure Willie, like I if have it comes no down idea. To it, if it comes down to it, where Patrick Kane literally says, I'm only going to accept this trade if Willie gives me 88, do you Dude, make I think that this deal? is a bigger conversation. I think this has, I think this ties in, like, we've heard Frankie talk about it on, on First Up, like, we've heard people around the NHL talk about it, how you have to be careful when you've got a good thing going, and the Leafs, even though we come on here and we joke and we complain about the first round, they've got a good thing going right now. They seem to have the chemistry of their room figured out. Bringing in like a big dog like Patrick Kane who can walk into a room and say, okay, this is my dressing room now Showtime. and that is my jersey, so hand it over. I don't know. It, it's kind of an interesting concept in that it could... it could Ruffle some feathers? It could be disruptive. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think no, you probably add Patty Kane if you can, but yeah, nice flag on the 88. I didn't even think of that. And Willie Styles already changed his jersey number once. Well, I don't like... Can, can you do that mid-season? Like, I thought now there was some fine for changing your number mid-season. They pay them, maybe. They just pay them. I guess. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> and you got to pay. But, like, you have to, like, buy out the rest of the jerseys or something like that. I think when Willie changed his number initially, he offered, he, like, yeah, if, paid so if for you went people. to, I think it was, like, if you went down to, like, Real Sports, they, yeah. were, they were exchanging his, what number was he before? 29? Six, 29, yeah. Yeah, so exchanging 29 for 88, and you just, a quick, exchange and that was all good and i think he was paying for the jerseys or something like that yeah somebody was paying for the jerseys i don't know if it was coming out of his pocket but I, would they do it again just to get patty kane for one year i don't know i don't know if that stipulation would get the sign off from old will from old bill nye i don't i don't think it would no. To be honest with you, I think they'd say, nah, we'll we'll go get someone else. So intriguing. Okay, thank you for that Interesting. Play. I never thought of it. All right. Uh, on the other side, it's Wednesday. We've got some Word Association Wednesday coming up. Ben Pope going to join us from Chicago at 105. And then Joshua Cloak going to join us, uh, our Leafs writer here at, uh, at The Athletic. So we'll chat with him and see what he got up to tonight for Morning Skate. Also, chat with Matthew Nyes, too. So we'll see what... Uh, but that, what came about that conversation? I'm Mike Stefano with Julia Tashario's and the Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Wednesday? Wednesday? Mm. What? What Wednesday? Time for Word Association Wednesday on Leafs Lunch. One word. 
full of meaning. What is that word? Word. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. It's the Leafs versus Chicago tonight. Patrick Kane in town. A hot topic around the whole city. And now, on this fine Wednesday, it's time to do some word association. This game is AB's brainchild, in which I will read a sentence, and then you and I... No, you do the reading for this one. Sure. And uh, and, and we associate said sentence with a, with a specific word. Yes, one word full of meaning. Let's get to it. Timo Meyer. Timo, not Timu, as we often... Sometimes say on this radio program, uh, Timo <laughs> Meyer in a Maple Leafs uniform. Damn, that's my word. I think I think uh, it's exciting. I don't think it's to me. It's not. No, I'm going to change my word. Okay, because it's that's not, the first word. It's damn. It, that came to you. That's yeah, what, you're right. You that is my word. It. That's that, the point of the game. I'm locking that word in because it is an exciting thought. But I do, we discussed in our exercise yesterday, he's not the most exciting potential ad for the Leafs to me. Mostly because... Why isn't he, though? Mostly because I don't understand how they're going to make it work. So someone could show me and prove to me how they're going to make this work. And also, because I don't know if he's entirely what they need. I think they need someone with a little bit more playoff pedigree. I think they need someone... I know he plays pretty heavy. I think they need somebody a little bit meaner in front of the net, though he does... like. I'm just looking for a little someone a little bit more elements, though. Like I think he brings those elements. I I think he is exactly what they yeah. need. The contract is the 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 situation. It's there. the contract and the lack of playoff experience that I I don't know how like yeah I, I playoff experience matters, but like if you can get a talent like Timo Meyer, yeah, like I I think you can look past that. For me, like the the word that comes to my mind is like dominant. Like this guy's the dominant force right. in the National Hockey League. Like there's there's nobody. Who plays well? Michael Rantanen, I guess, plays a little bit like that, and Matt Kachuk. Like he's one of those type of players where he does get into it. Like he's not afraid to go to the net and go to the the dirty areas and and the places where you need to go to score goals. You know, and, and it's not that this team needs goal scorers, but again, we've talked about this team just need to play a little bit heavy, need a little bit more beef up there. And when you've got a guy who scored thirty goals three times in his career, he's been to a conference final. It's not like he's had no playoff experience, right? He had a conference final sure. trip uh, back in, what was it, eighteen nineteen? He had 15 points as a young, like, 21 or 22-year-old at that point. So, like, there's – when he's been in the playoffs, he's had success. He's got 20 points in 35 playoff games in his first three years in the league as, like, a 20, 21, 22-year-old. So, there's some – you know, he doesn't have a cup, per se, but he does at least have some production there, and he's played playoff games, and he's – He's won rounds. We can say that. He's won a couple rounds. That's true. But I, I, I think it would be, if they could make it work, like, yes, it's going to cost a lot, and then you're kind of going to have to figure it out in the offseason how you make it work. Maybe you do qualify him and then trade that asset as an RFA and recoup assets potentially. But Timo Meyer to me, would be the best pickup for this team. But are you willing to roll the dice there? I, I that's the, I guess what Kyle Dubas needs to. That's a him out. problem. That's a him problem. A not him a me problem. problem. I just talk about it. <laughs> I just I talk about it, but he's got to actually go out and do those things and deal with the problems. But it would be great for the next three four months. Could tell you that for free. All right, next one, JT. CJ reporting that Columbus is looking. 
for three assets in return for Vladislav Gabrikov. A first, a third, and a fourth is what one team reportedly told CJ is what Columbus is looking for. Madness is the word that comes to mind. Yeah, that like, is no. Madness. Said no was the first thing that came <laughs> to my mind. Like, no. A first, a third, and a fourth. Like, look, Gabrikov's a good player, and he brings that physical element that Toronto would need. Like, if we link it back to Toronto, like, I'm not giving up a first, a third, and a fourth for him. Like, I think you could get better for that type of, like, for that price. And considering he's a pending UFA, maybe if you could talk extension, although I was listening to Insider Trading yesterday, and it sounds as though he's not actually willing to talk extension. He'd rather go to the market, either go to market or wait until after the season's over to talk extension. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to have something in place, that's a lot to give up for for a guy. Straight rental, maybe. A straight rental who also, to your point, doesn't really have much playoff experience. Yeah. Like he's he's won one round in in the playoffs. So I and that was against Toronto. Am I <laughs> back in the bubble? Um so did that even count? I don't know. I don't know. No, that was like a qualifying series. Honestly. Right. So like does that even count? Who knows? Yeah. Right? So I had a, a first we would probably a third count and a fourth. It counts. It counts. I got being cheeky. It counts. No, you're right. But that's 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 madness that uh, that they expect to get that. I mean, hey, ask for what you want. Totally right. Start high, and then you you, you whittle your way down. Maybe it ends up being a, a first and a fourth at the end of the day, and that third round pick gets dropped, or potentially there's a, a bidding war for a couple of teams, and all of a sudden a team upgrades from a, a fourth to a third, and they get a first and a third. I don't know, but. Yeah, those three assets together for Gavrikov, who's relatively unproven, I, I just I just don't see it happening. No, Julia. yeah, that's a no from me, dog. That is a no from me. A no from me, dog. All right, next one here. Uh, Alex Kerfoot as your second-line left winger in the postseason. I have three words, but they sound like a little bit aggressive. It's first-round exit is what it feels like. Really? Doesn't so it? if Alex Kerfoot— You can't run that back again. So in your mind, if Alex Kerfoot is this team's second-line center, you think it's another first-round exit? I told you it, it was going to—it felt spicy coming out of my mouth, but that's honestly how I feel. So that's how—so that's think, why I it's think, so imperative for you to add there. Yeah, like yesterday I—, I Posed the question to Noodles, and it got me kind of thinking about it. It got me thinking about, like, how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like they're going to add a piece up front, and they're going to add a piece on back end. And one of those pieces is probably going to be an impact piece, and one of them, just as a result of the salary cap and the calls they're going to have to make. One of them is going to be a depth add, and one of them is going to be an impact add. Where would you rather them add the depth add, and where would you rather them add the impact add? For me, I think I'd rather see the impact up front, that crash and bang guy in front of the net, and then more of a depth guy at D who who plays a similar role, that grizzled guy in front of the net heavier, but but doesn't necessarily like I'm thinking like an impact add on D would be someone out of Toronto's price range if they add someone. Well, Gavrikov, Jake McCabe, yeah. Connor Murphy, like I think those players would be. But I would put like a adds. Luke Shen in more of a depth add. Right, and that was the guy who I picked as as most attractive to, yes. to me at least yesterday. Yes. When we did, uh, so you know where I'm going with that line of blind. thinking a bit. No, I do. Like I, I, I get it, and and it's I, I understand because like, they for really me, have. It's come down to scoring. It's come down to the power play going cold. Like we've always thought it was defense. Now, and it was defense for a long time. Now they seem to have this defensive structure. They seem to have a little bit of depth at depth at D. And in the postseason, the past couple of years, it's come down to the scoring has just 
gone bye-bye. Yes, and so like I, I understand that argument. Call me a prisoner of the moment, but I've I've because I have flip flopped on this a lot throughout the season. But yeah. lately, I've really been going back to defense. Okay. I, I have been going back to seeing a depth add, and then when you look at like Justin Hall, that guy's either like right now he's not in the lineup, but we're expecting him to be your top shutdown pair defenseman in the playoffs. Like I think you got to get an upgrade there. I really, really do. Right. Like to me, I, I feel like you can get by with Kerfoot on your wing with Marner and Tavares, but if you got Hall on your second pair, who's expected to shut down Stamkos and Point and Kucherov and like all those guys, like you can hide one and you can't hide the other. Like that's where I'm starting to look at this. And yeah, I think that they would they could use an upgrade for sure um, in the top six, and it would be beneficial for them to do so. But almost, I feel like they've. The four guys up to up front should be able to get the job done most nights. They should be able to do. They it. really should. They right? really should. And I, maybe maybe this evolution of maturity. Whereas I'm not sure that defense can get it done. No, that's as fair. it stands. Yeah. So I think I, I have more faith in the Ford group getting it done than I do in the blue line getting it done. Therefore, I think they should go and get a defenseman. Now, I don't think I gave my word for Kerfoot. No. And this goes. I mean, I guess the word is 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 vomit. Like, I that's puke, puke yeah, city. Like, yeah, like I don't like it. I lo- I don't like it at all. No. But if I had to pick, like, hey, you can either upgrade top four defenseman or a top six winger. I'd pick the defenseman mm-hmm. today. Okay. I could change come March third. Yeah. But today, I'm picking the the defensive upgrade. Do we have time for what? No, we got to go. I think actually, um, maybe some after darks later. We could do an after dark. We could Ooh. save one and do an after dark. Maybe we can ask. Uh, uh, Josh Cloak, if he, because I think, was it Josh who was with me actually when we created the game? No, it was Jonas. Okay, so it was Jonas who created. So either way, I think we can ask Josh one of these because we got a couple left over. So we'll uh, we'll bring it back around at some point here in the next hour. Um, we got Ben Pope joining us also, Blackhawks reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashieri. Hour two of Leafs Lunch coming up next.